Hi there. We had a bit of a technical glitch during this show. Something was up with my microphone in the studio. I'm not exactly sure what, but it's going to sound pretty muffled for the first few minutes when I'm speaking. Lauren and our lovely guest, Janet Fletcher, come through loud and clear. But if you can hang on for a few minutes, it's going to pop right back in and you're going to enjoy the show. Thanks. Hi, this is Eduardo Dingler, world-renowned and devastatingly handsome beverage connoisseur. <laughs> That's you, man. Go ahead. Don't be shy. You're looking sharp today. Go ahead. I've got Judd, busy swilling sake, so I'm introducing this episode. Mm, this one's good, but it seems really tannic, this sake. Judd, I think you're tasting the wrong thing. Uh, sake has no tannins. Oh, really? All right, well, let me try this other bottle. Anyway... Today's uh, show features this what, pretty what, I got a yes. question for you. What if I wanted to learn more about sake, like so I'd know that the tannins I'm tasting well, are there? Well, you should check the, the Sake Drinker and Friends show. I do it on a monthly basis with Toot Sweet, and you can go on YouTube. You can do it on the, on the website for Toot Sweet. Just have some fun with it when you're bored. What's it called? Uh, sake Drinker and Friends. And that's at Toot Sweet? Tootsweet.com. T-O-U-T-S-U-I-T-E.com. And I can see you and learn how to drink sake. Me and a few other people that are far more important. Okay. Yes, and learn something. Now give me another bottle. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, today's show, we are going to feature the supremely lovely cheese and yogurt expert, Janet Fletcher. She and Judd had a great time yawking about yogurt, the subject of her new book. But before we get to it, I'd like to invite you to Judd's Hill Family Winery. Judd's Hill. It's on the south end of the beautiful Silverado Trail, here in the Napa Valley. Visiting information can be found at judshill.com. While online, check out their, check their uh, wine pairing recipes, funny videos, and of course the wines, which is the best part of it. Put some in your cart, type the coupon code JNVS at checkout for a 15% off. Is that right? 15%, one five. Wow. You got it right here. You heard it from Eduardo Dingler himself. Wow, and... Guess what? If you get to the, the, join the wine club, you get an even better deal. I'll be right on it. And also, you can enjoy Judge Hill Wine when you're at Morimoto Napa visiting us, downtown Napa. Please enjoy the show. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Chad Fingelstein. Good morning, Lauren Mole. Thank you. Top of the day, Judd. Welcome back. Top of the day. Thank you very much. You guys covered very well in my absence. You had Chef Greg Cole last week as the guest host, and you were his trusted sidekick once again. That's right. How'd it go? It, with it? it went great. Yeah? We had a wonderful time. Tell me. Tell me some highlights. I didn't get to hear it, unfortunately. Well, uh, we had uh, Chef Giovanni Aguirre on from uh, Food Shed and a couple of people from uh, Atlas Social Club. Oh, a couple of my favorite places. That's right. And, uh, and a phone call from our, from our good friend Mike Weinberg-Lynn from Osprey Seafood. Oh, I love that shop. 
I shop there often when I'm shopping for fish, shopping mood that I'm in. But it was great. We, we had such a wonderful time, and I'd love to do it again. Okay, well, one of these days when I'm at... Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying you, you would... Do you want me to take off? Oh, no. Permanently? Oh, no. Okay. Because I feel like we've started something here. You know, it's been two years. We're a team. Right. Tell me what's going on. Well, I just got done performing at the uh, Sonoma Film Festival. How'd it go? That's exciting. That's a big deal. It was fun. Uh, your with the with the gang with the um, everybody's the star yes oh I performed my song I just haven't met you yet uh-huh. how'd it go over yeah man it went great I got a standing ovation of course you don't you every time I do <laughs> when I can and I'm also going to be performing in Carlsbad uh, on the 18th of this month Carlsbad down in Southern California that's right what's going on there uh, just some uh, crane operators convention and they've asked us to perform there. And we're also going to be singing the Star Spangled Banner down there, too, at the convention. And, yes, and, and they've also asked me to be a MC for part of the entertainment. Wow. So you're packing your suit? Yep, packing up my suit. You look sharp? Yep. Excellent, man. That's exciting. Yeah, so it's going to be great. We're going to have such a fun time. So uh, what's going on with you, Judd? Did you have a nice week off? I did. I did, yeah. It was good. We took a little, uh, took a little trip down. So actually, the day that you were... Um, you guys were here, and I missed the show. I was in an all-day symposium, so um, I just couldn't. I couldn't tune in. I was sorry to have missed you. Uh, but then, yeah, then we took off for the better part of a week down to Southern California to visit family, and now we're back. Drove back a couple days ago. And I was just uh, thinking about um, how lovely it is this state of California, and even although a lot of people uh, complain about that I-5 and how boring it can be between. I don't know, I think it's pretty. You get to see open land and fields and trees blooming and cows to cows. <laughs> I like cows, why not? It was a nice trip. Thank you very much. I'm good. Got a couple things coming up I think it's worth mentioning. Oh, sure. Oh, please do. Thanks. April 27th, that is a Monday. Um, City Winery here in Napa, the old Napa Valley Opera House, has a series they do every Monday night called... Vintner Vinyl, where they invite, well, who do they invite? Vintners to come spin vinyl, to be guest DJs for the night. I've done this a couple times. It's really fun. Get to do it again Monday, April 27th. It's free to attend, so everybody's welcome to come on in. It's downstairs in the bar and restaurant area. Come have a drink, come have a few bites, and uh, hear which records I've brought to spin. And then May 17th, is our annual Judd's Hill Springtime Bonanza. This is a big barbecue fest, tons of fun, and it is a benefit for the Napa Valley Youth Symphony, which I'm very excited to be able to support as a music lover myself. And I just, I'm always inspired seeing these uh, these kids, and not, I should, I should call them youth. Some of them are in their teens and probably wouldn't want to be called kids, but these young people just excelling at music and being so enthusiastic about it and being able to learn how to play together in combos and it's just it's wonderful so some of them will come I believe we have a quartet coming to entertain at the winery barbecue galore just tons of fun it's a benefit as I said for Napa Valley Youth Symphony so there is a, a charge to get in off the top of my head I don't remember what it is unless of course you are a Judd's Hill Wine Club member in which case you get complimentary entrance and all the details are at judshill.com. If you're not one of our wine club members, I really think you ought to be. I, you just can't beat it. Great wine, good times, it's free to join. Come on over, let's have some fun together. That's all I got going on for now, Lauren. Well, that's great. 
Thanks. What do you think? We got a guest sitting here very patiently. Oh, we do. Should we make an introduction? Uh, sure. Okay, go ahead. A nibble of cheese and a Bordeaux squirt. I think that's Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Let's, let's start that one again. Okay. <laughs> a nibble of cheese and a Bordeaux squirt are our guest's expertise, and she knows dirt. With gardening fruits, veggies, and flowers, she so flirts. Because these rhymes are bad, making my head so hurt. But we must continue, and although Kurt, it's time that someone in this show blurt that our guest has written the book titled Yogurt. Hey, I didn't know there were so many rhymes for, or kind of rhymes for yogurt. And who is that guest? The one and only multiple award-winning author, Janet Fletcher. Oh, Janet Fletcher. Hey, there you are. Nice to see you. That was an amazing limerick. Amazing. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? He's, what a talent. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. You are subjecting yourself to this once again. I think I asked for it, Judd. Uh, I'm happy to be back. Thank you for coming back. You were on uh, just about a year ago, I think, maybe last February, and uh, we talked about your background, your cheese expertise. You know, you are, I'm not like I'm telling you something you don't know, but you are maybe the preeminent author, expert on cheese and world cheeses. Yet. Well, well ahead, I think you just that. gave me a promotion, okay. but well, <laughs> that's in, in that's very book, nice. In my book, that's who you are. <laughs> and we talked about how you grew up in Dallas, and you came from a, you called it a Velveeta childhood, I believe, on the last show, with a really a deprived childhood in a food sense, is the way you put it. But you dove right in. You've become this expert in foods, gardening, cheese as your forte, but now you've jumped into you. Yeah, I think it's just part of that continuum. It's I call it my dairy obsession, <laughs> and it was just the next step. And I think, you know, I've been eating yogurt really since I was a teenager, eating the little yogurt in the cups. But as an adult and a, a avid professional cook, I became aware over the years of how yogurt is used in so many different cultures. You know, every place from... India to you know the Balkans, Turkey, Greece, uh, on into the Middle East, like uh, Iran and Afghanistan, and so there's wonderful traditional dishes from those cultures. And then what we in America have done with yogurt to kind of contemporize it, mm -hmm. uh, come up with cr creative things to do with yogurt in terms of fruit toppings and savory toppings. It just I just found a lot of inspiration there and wanted to put it all together in a book. Yeah, really. I mean, how does one get compelled to write about yogurt? And this, this is, that, that's, you I'm tongue-tied because really I'm so excited about this and I don't really know how to jump off here. But that's, that was my first question, like a whole book about yogurt, really? Well, I'll tell you what prompted it, truly, uh, is standing in front of that refrigerated case at Whole Foods that mm -hmm. has the yogurt and watching it grow by the week. It's huge. Because it is huge. They give so much space to yogurt and it's because the, the brands were proliferating and people love yogurt. But as I looked at those brands, I, I would see people you know, beside me in that aisle and they're reading the labels and they're looking like they're lost. They don't know what to buy. Some, there's whole milk, non-fat. Some have this, some have yeah. that. Some have, say, probiotics. There was there's just so many choices and I felt like people needed to be steered a little bit in the yogurt aisle as to what the best choices were and then what to do with some of these yogurts beyond just, you know, eating them out of the tub. So if one is standing there at that gigantic display of yogurts, what does one have to consider? 
Well, I will just say there are a whole lot of those yogurts I don't buy because they have things in them I don't want in my yogurt. They're not harmful. So what should be in yogurt? Think that, well, I think just milk mm-hmm. and cultures. The that end. Cultures, cultures is a nice word for bacteria. Uh, bacteria exactly. Okay. Milk and bacteria. Yum. And it can be whole milk or skim milk. Um, some uh, places, some producers put things in there like pectin. And gelatin. These are stabilizers. They're not. Mm. You know, they're perfectly food safe. They're fine right. to eat. But they make. They give yogurt a kind of a stiff texture that mm-hmm. I don't like. A pudding texture or a stiff custard texture that I don't like. I think yogurt should be more flowing, more scoopable and soft. So I look for the yogurts that don't have anything that don't have any kind of stabilizer in it. Just milk and and bacteria, good bacteria. <laughs> of course, there's you know being in the world of wine, we know there's very good bacteria as well. I assume there's a proliferation of those. Is that what has grown? Are people getting more aware of the the natural original state of yogurt? Is this what people are going towards? No, and no. they're not. And I would say that was another impulse for writing the book is to try to bring people back to pure yogurt either making it at home, which is so easy, or buying the yogurts that are there that I would call, consider quote-unquote pure. I find what's proliferating is the flavored yogurts, mm-hmm. just like we have a gazillion flavored waters and yeah. you know flavored nacho chips. We, <laughs> Americans love their flavors. And so the, the yogurt flavored category is, is booming. But it's so easy to make your own or buy plain yogurt and then add your own fresh fruit, you know, seasonal fresh fruit, strawberries from the Silverado Trail. Why buy a yogurt that has frozen, what was frozen strawberry or strawberry puree in it when you can buy fresh strawberries or fresh peaches? Put your own honey in it, sweeten it to your taste instead of buying this product that's already made that you're going to pay a premium for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that way with my... um cocktails actually you know exactly you can buy these flavored boozes but wouldn't it be better if you just bought a nice type of booze and then added your own lemon or orange or whatever the flavor is and with yogurt exactly the same. it's like a blank canvas it is and you can take it in sweet and savory directions i think m- most americans think of yogurt as uh either snack food or something you have for dessert so they have they think more in a, a, a sweet direction with yogurt but there are so many s- delicious savory dishes where you can pair yogurt with cucumbers and olive oil and mm. uh, you know some dill or mint, beautiful salads from India. I have yeah. some of those in the book, Turkish salads with where you take carrots. There's one I love. I'm going to be serving it at Whole Foods on the April 18th. I'm going to do a little demo there, and I'm going to serve this Turkish salad where you, you take the carrots and you, you grate them you know, with a box grater, and then you saute them really briefly just so they soften up a little bit uh, in some butter or olive oil. And then you fold that into, while they're warm, you fold them into yogurt, Mm. a little bit of garlic, some dill or mint or whatever herb you like. And it's a a warm carrot salad with yogurt. Sounds wonderful. It's delicious. There's so many great ideas. You know, I was looking through this book. By the way, the, the title of the book is Yogurt. The, the and, then, and then, I guess, is this the subtitle That's or is that the part subtitle. of the main? Okay, yogurt, sweet and savory recipes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's mostly recipes. Yeah, from a all bit over of history. And, and then also, I, which I think is very important, there's a big section in the front about how to make your own. That intrigued me. That grabbed me. That hadn't really ever even occurred to me that I could 
make my own yogurt. <laughs> That's the need. first thing I gravitated to when I opened this book was, wow, I can do this? What do I need? Do I need to go to a specialty like yogurt making shop and get the right bacteria and all that? And the answer actually is no. No, you can start with just, uh, for your culture, you can use a brand of yogurt that you like, a plain yogurt that you like, and you start with milk. And you, there are directions in the book for how to heat it up properly. You have to heat the milk to a certain temperature, mm-hmm. then cool it down to a certain temperature, add your yogurt, which is your starter, and then you have to keep it warm. And I have lots of suggestions for how to do that. If you don't have, you don't have to buy a special piece of equipment. Uh, I do it sometimes just with blankets on my kitchen counter oh, really? and blankets underneath, blankets <laughs> on top. It's got a heap of blankets, but uh, the yogurt's staying nice and warm in there and it keeps the bacteria going for four to six hours or however long it takes you to get that set. And then you have yogurt. And you can use some from that batch to start the next batch. Ah, so it's ongoing. It's ongoing. You can. There are people, I mean, like people from the old world who will say they've had their yogurt culture going for 30 years or mm-hmm. you know they have their grandmother's yogurt <laughs> culture whatever so you can keep it you can keep it going uh, for a long time and you save a lot of money <laughs> do you always have a batch going no i wouldn't say i always have a batch going i do buy a lot of store bought yogurt uh, but i like to uh, i like to make it and when i make it i usually make a fair amount. I'll make it in. I have these quart jars mm-hmm. that I make it in. A lot of people buy those yogurt makers, electric yogurt makers that have little cup jars. They may have five cups. Mm. Uh, when I make it, I'll make like two or three quarts at a time and binge on yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's apparently very good for you too, right? It a- is. Ancient cultures have been culturing yogurt and you know purporting long life and other health benefits from eating yogurt yeah i think some of the longest lived people on the planet are bulgarians and they are also among the people with the highest per capita yogurt consumption uh-huh. and when the epidemiologists look at this they find that you know countries or cultures where they eat a lot of yogurt do tend to be uh long lived and there that has led to this notion of probiotics that there are the bacteria that are in yogurt are are good for us and that research is ongoing but it's it's uh, really taking shape to be a, they're making a strong case that the these bacteria that sometimes they're adding now to yogurt they're not bacteria that have to be in yogurt to make hmm. it to make yogurt happen but a lot of manufacturers now are adding them because they are uh, so health promoting it's amazing the research and the articles I've been reading about probiotics and and the naturally occurring you know bacteria that's in our own guts and how that can affect our health, our body type, our our moods. It's amazing that these hmm. tiny tiny teeny little animals have such a huge effect on us. So yeah, yeah. it can and make us happy too apparently. It can. And if you're if you've been on an antibiotic regimen for some reason, Yogurt can help restore the health right. of your gut. So right. it's just good food. But honestly, Judd, the yes. reason I eat it. Let's be honest here. Honestly, is because it tastes so good. <laughs> it does. A uh, frozen yogurt. Yeah, I went through that. I had a frozen yogurt phase. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of over that. But there, there is a, there's a Greek, uh, there's a frozen yogurt recipe in the book. Cool. You can use yogurt in desserts like cakes. It makes your cake very tender because of the acid. It's like putting buttermilk in a cake batter. Oh, okay. Uh, so it uh, it makes a very tender crumb to your cake. You can stir it into soups and it gives them a nice tartness, uh, creamy That's what I texture. like in Indian food too. They use yogurt as a little accompaniment. Some of the dishes have a good fruit component or a bit sweet and then the yogurt adds that acid to tart, kind of 
counterpoint, which is nice. And then, of course, uh, the lassie drinks that you have at an Indian restaurant temper the heat of the food. Yeah, they're so refreshing. I have one in the book with pineapple, which mm. I've never had in an Indian restaurant, but it struck me that it might work. And it's delicious. It's just fresh pineapple, a little bit of fresh ginger, the yogurt, and some ice. And it whips up into this frothy drink that's Yum. very delicious. All right. We've mentioned Bulgaria. We've mentioned India. What's the geography of yogurt? Where, where, From where does yogurt spring? Well, I think researchers would say that it probably originated in Central Asia when some herdsman discovered, <laughs> you know, when he left the llama milk out overnight yeah. or whatever, goat milk out overnight, it soured and conditions were right. It, it, um, it became thick and it became uh, something you could keep longer than fresh milk. So it was really a very important part of the diet for, for these uh, people who didn't have refrigeration and had dairy animals and couldn't consume the, the fresh milk fast enough. So by letting it sour and make yogurt, you can keep it longer. Ah. And from there, from Central Asia, it went to uh, it went to the Balkans, mm-hmm. to uh, Turkey and, and Greece and Croatia, what used to be Yugoslavia. And then it went to Persia and then it went down from Persia, it went or present day Iran, it went down mm-hmm. to India northern India. The Persians were in northern India and took the yogurt and their yogurt dishes with them. So that's why we associate it with that arc that's sort of from Baghdad to, oh, what do I say, from Belgrade to Baghdad to Bangalore. It's sort of the <laughs> arc babies, of, yeah. of, of yogurt. And now it's here. And now it's here. And in your book, many of the recipes, I think, reflect the flavors of this area, uh, which is great. Very fragrant herbs and spices being mixed with yogurt and there you have is it a red or excuse me a yellow oh the split piece the, soup, yes, the yellow the split, split piece soup. yeah you. that has sort of indian flavors yeah that uh, looks there are delicious. also just some kind of contemporary ideas i make i make a beet soup with golden beets hmm. that i roast and then just put in the blender with yogurt and some dill little garlic it makes a gorgeous cold soup i do the same with avocado an avocado and yogurt soup i, I take in more of a latin direction <laughs> i put a little salsa on top yeah so lots of ideas for people. It's very, um, it's just a healthy uh, addition to the diet and delicious besides. Yeah, absolutely. Now this book is yet to be released. This book comes out next week, actually, uh, on the fourteenth, and my first appearance will be this one at Whole Foods let's in their, hear about it. In their uh, culinary center. So I'll be there on Saturday the eighteenth at eleven. It's a free uh, opportunity. I'll be demoing a couple of recipes from the book, uh, and people will have a chance to taste a couple of recipes from the book. And then the following Tuesday, Locals Night at Oxbow um, Public Market, I'll be there as well with the book uh, by the cheese department. Of course. So. Where else would you be? <laughs> That's wonderful. So a couple chances coming up here in Napa to meet you, get a book, get it signed, and then after that at Fine Book Sellers everywhere, I suppose. Yes, and on my website, which is uh, com. The book is, will also be for sale then after April 14th. Oh, right on. Now, you mentioned your website, a great resource for recipes. I've made some really cool stuff, having you know discovered on your website. I think last time I was telling you about a... Um, a bean soup, the fajol, it was yeah. wonderful. Thank you. And, and on and on. It's not just all about cheese, but you do have your newsletter and your, your email newsletter and your blog called Planet Cheese. 
yeah. which is also a great resource if you love cheese. And I would recommend, if you do, to sign up for Janet's email. Thank you. Yeah, you can do that on, online. Um, you can do that at, uh, either on my website, JanetFletcher.com, yeah. or at PlanetCheese.org. You can sign up uh, for the newsletter. It's free. It's once a week. You can unsubscribe if you don't like it. But I, I just try to keep abreast of the world of cheese, the new, new cheeses that are coming at us, issues in cheese, uh, some cheese people, places, <laughs> new shops, uh, places to check out if you're traveling. I, I'm going to back up. What are some issues in cheese right now? Well, what are the hot uh, issues? Uh, raw milk, you know, control of mm-hmm. uh, regulations regarding raw milk would be would be one for sure. Uh, just one came up last night in a cheese class I taught, and it has to do with naming of cheeses. The EU now is getting very uh, adamant about protecting their cheese names like feta. Oh. So there are regulations now in the EU to protect the name feta, cheddar, and so forth. Like we do here in Napa Valley with our wines. Exactly. You know, we can't just, no one else can use, you know, Napa Valley or Napa, the word Napa. And the French have protected names like champagne. You know, here we'd call it sparkling wine. We can't call it champagne. So they're doing that with cheeses. It's the same issue. Ah. Now, uh, we in the U.S. don't respect those rules. We say, oh, those are the EU rules. <laughs> But mm. they're not our rules. So you, we continue to see here in the U.S. Americans, American creameries making cheeses they call feta, cheeses they call cheddar, uh, cheeses they call brie and camembert. But, of course, the Europeans are not happy about that. So that's an ongoing subject of, of discussion. And I think, actually, the American creameries are getting more sensitive to it and are less inclined now, if they're coming out with a new cheese, they're less inclined to put a European name on it mm. and more inclined to come up with something of their own. And have you heard? I'm curious what some of these names might be. What would an American feta be called or a cheddar? Well, feta is hard. It's really hard to come up with something that um, is going to speak to. You can't call it like brined white cheese. Yeah, that <laughs> that's not very doesn't sexy. have the same marketing ring. I mean, over here, of course, sparkling wine. Okay, I get it. It's not champagne. I mean, it's just kind of the same style thing, but we have to call it sparkling wine. But feta, how do you get that message across? Yeah, feta is hard. There are some other cheeses, like I'm thinking of a Vermont uh, cheese called Moses Moses Sleeper. It's named. It's a. Oh, it's named a, after a historical figure in. I mean, an actual historical personage in Vermont. I think he was like a Revolutionary War character. I'm hmm. not sure. Uh, the creamery named their cheese after him uh, because I think he was from their town. But it's it's basically a brie. Hmm. Uh, it's a small format brie. So instead of calling it, you know, Vermont Jasper Hill Brie, they call it Jasper Hill Moses Sleeper. So now they have a marketing effort that they have to go to because they have to tell consumers what this is. It looks like a brie, but you're not calling it brie. You know, it's it's more effort on the creamery's part, but I think it's admirable to do that. And then they would probably protect that as their own proprietary name. But would there be a, a more of generic American brie term? Mm-hmm. So that folks uh, know, oh, this is their version of brie, no, but we I can't call it brie. This is very interesting. We don't yeah. have to get into all this. I've well, just, I it interests me as a, as a business owner and somebody who's interested in how things get marketed. It's, that's really interesting. I, I didn't realize this issue of cheese. I'm glad I asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look at uh, Calgary Creamery in our own backyard. They have made a point of giving all their cheeses place names yeah. that are unique to their region, like Mount Tam and Pierce Point and uh, what's a, well, Red Hawk. So they create an identity for these cheeses around their place. And uh, no one else can make Red Hawk or Mount Tam. Yeah, and they're delicious cheeses, mm-hmm. but... 
I also, even though I've had many of them, I still have to ask the cheesemonger, what, what is this one like? And they have to compare it back to maybe a French term mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, it's like a brie or whatever it might be. Interesting. The world of cheese might be changing, Lauren. I think this show's starting to be a little cheesy. Oh, today, I knew you were going to say something like hey, that. Now. Thank you. You never disappoint. We have to take a little break. Then we're going to be back with Janet Fletcher. We're going to be talking yogurt and cheese and food and having all kinds of fun. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa and streaming live around the world at kvon.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Well, thank you, Lauren Mole. And that's true. Anywhere around the world where folks have access to the free internet, well, you can find this show at kvon.com, stream it live, or go to the iTunes store, the good old Apple iTunes store, and Type in Judd's Napa Valley Show for past episodes, and you can even subscribe so as never to miss a one. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. We've got Janet Fletcher. She's amazing. She knows cheeses. She knows yogurt. She knows gardening. She has uh, worked in kitchens around the world. She is multiple James Beard Awards to, to boast about. Are you going to boast today, or are we not really boasting? Uh, you We're just, just gonna... did it. Okay. Thank you. You All did right. it for me. <laughs> I appreciate that. And you have something with you. What is this? Well, I I don't even know how to explain this, but my husband, who's a winemaker by day, yeah. by night, is now obsessed with making soap. Really? Yes. And I do not understand what's driving this obsession, but it started because he got his hands on some olive oil that a vast quantity of olive oil that wasn't good for cooking or, you know, using to eat. Hmm. It's safe, but just wasn't tasty. Wasn't that good. So okay. he thought, oh, I think, don't they make all, don't they make soap out of olive oil? Yeah. So he started researching. He's a scientist uh, mm-hmm. by trade and uh, he's figured out how to make, as you can see, it's a bar of soap. It's beautiful. It's he beautiful. made it, It's beautifully packaged, made, wrapped. It's beautifully packaged. He made that this little, the mold that you pour your mixture in and it solidifies and makes soap and then he uses my cheese cutter to create the bars he's come up with this lovely wrap (laughs) and the only thing he hasn't figured out yet is the scent oh okay so this one i'm holding here is unscented and you know it made me realize how much a a, um, part of the appeal of a a fancy soap that you might buy in a store is that scent so Mm -hmm. this doesn't have a lot of sensory appeal but it does lather it cleans Wonderful. you i've used it in the in the shower you come out smelling like an olive tree I don't, do i smell okay you smell like an olive John, I, <laughs> I smell like an olive tree Been no complaints so right. far lauren <laughs> nope he's okay yeah so um we i don't know whether he's going to have a booth at the farmer's market or whether we're just going to have a whole lot of ball, bars of soap in our bath. <laughs> A, what's that line from A Hard Day's Night? He's a clean old man. Talking about Paul's grandpa. <laughs> we are very clean in my house. Yeah. Is this, is, so is this, is this, is this for, for Well, us? no, it's, it's for you. You may okay. have this because, yes, what you, to do what you will with. Well, if it's for the goodie bag. I've, it's for the goodie bag. We like to do a little bit here called Get Your Hands on Judd's Goodies. <laughs> and if somebody would like, let me reach over and get this. I want to hold this in my hand. This is beautiful. It's it's presented so lovely, lovelily. Lilla, you're an author. What's the yeah, word? what's well, the adjective I'm say, looking you know, for? The aesthetics are really a plus, it's but got, it doesn't smell like much. Okay, well, it 
It's wonderful. It has a sticker from the kitchen of Doug Fletcher, Pure Castile Soap. And it has uh, olive oil, coconut oil, and 10% other oils. Uh, and look, it even has the made on date. It was made <laughs> like <laughs> one month ago. Yeah, Wonderful. you have to Very mature fresh. them for a while. You no actually, they don't, they're not good until they age a little bit. So it might need another month of aging. It smells nice. It smells okay. Anyhow, if you listening would like to have this bar of soap, uh, it, it's lovely. What can I say? Be the first one to tweet with hashtag JNVS, stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show. Hashtag, of course, the pound sign for us old fogies. JNVS. And uh, the first one that comes in, Gets to have this soap. I'll bring it back to uh, the winery, Judd's Hill, and it'll be there for the next three days. If no one picks it up, then I'm taking it home, and I'm going to lather myself up. Uh, maybe I'll use this olive soap, and I'll splash on some gin, and I'll turn myself into a martini. It'll be great. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk about the World Cheese Tour. This sounds exciting. Yeah, this is so much fun for me, and I hope for the people who come. It's uh, I've been doing this for, I think this is the fifth annual world cheese tour it's a series of classes in the napa valley i move them around each year last year we were at hall uh in saint helena Mm -hmm. beautiful new winery and this year we're at the silverado cooking school which on the trail i think a lot of people don't even know it exists because they don't have a big sign but it is a beautiful beautiful cooking school on the trail between uh just north of first street and I, I uh, rent the joint, and we have our, our classes there. And it, we had our first one last night. It went very well. We were tasting seven different styles of cheese. It's a two-hour class with a guest vintner uh, last night from Saintsbury, David Graves. And then next month, we will have uh, Daniel Barron from Silver Oak. Oh, great guy. A cult winemaker. Hopefully he'll have his mandolin. And I, I've asked great. him, but we'll see if oh, okay. he's going to do a little performance as well. But we'll be tasting next month, it's May 4th, we'll be tasting new American cheeses that I think are particularly notable, noteworthy. So some of the ones that I think are really going to hit it big because they're so so delicious. So all new American cheeses. Oh, how fun. And when you said the last one was seven styles of cheese, when you say a style... What constitute a style? Like a blue cheese? Exactly. A, yeah, a blue uh, would be a style. A. Uh, what did you taste? What were the well, seven styles? Well, we tasted a, a very fresh cheese that had no rind on it, uh, which was a ricotta. Mm-hmm. We tasted a, what's called a, a soft-ripened cheese, a cheese that's a, yeah, like, sort of like a brie, but this one was made with goat oh. milk. So it, it was a bun bouche from Vermont, so it had a little bit of a rind on it. And then we tasted... Uh, we tasted an aged cow's milk cheese from Vermont called Landaff. We tasted a cheddar from Washington State called Beecher's uh, Flagship. How fun. Mm. And then each one of these classes is paired with a wine. Or actually, wait, you've got one, Artisan Cheese and Craft Beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. you have a book, I Beer and have, Cheese yes. and Beer. Beer is my n- new obsession, craft beer. So I just had to put a class in there on, on um, cheese and craft beer. And we'll, that for that one, I think we'll t- uh, taste a range of beers, not all from a, the same brewery. But all the other classes are wine-focused, guest vintners, and all the sign-up information is on my website, JanetFletcher.com, uh, under the class tab. They're, they're lots of fun. They're limited in size, about 30, 32 people, and lots of time to ask questions and taste some of the world's best cheeses. And become a cheese expert as well at your next party. Well, a cheese enthusiast. Okay, you know, you it takes a, a lifetime, I think, to get to know all these cheeses. 
but fun. You can show off to your friends anyway. Next time That's you have them right. over for a little cheese. You can. Well, I think the important thing is you get to be a better shopper. You understand what you're looking at when you're standing in front of that cheese case with all those different cheeses. So you get to be a smarter shopper, and you get to know a little bit of the, the lingo, the language. Just like in wine, there's a vocabulary. And so I try to help people you know, with that. That's important. I mean, if you're a food lover, like many are around here in Napa Valley, and you go to one of these shops that has a huge cheese selection, I think I know a thing or two, but I'll stand in front of a cheese selection and just you know, scratch my head because I might know typically what a Gouda is, but then there's nine of them and they're all different. Like, yeah. How do you, how do you even approach that? Well, you go to Janet Fletcher's world cheese tour and you find out. Well, you know what my definition of a good cheese shop is? What's that? If you're the customer and you're, if you're standing there looking at those nine Goudas, a good cheese shop, the a, a clerk is going to come up to you right away and say, let me, you know, would you like to taste something? Here, taste this. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they immediately offer you a taste. They try to engage you and figure out what you like and don't like. But they should immediately offer you tastes. It's the only way to get to know things. Yeah, absolutely. And they should be excited about cheese and trying to educate you. And I think we have, in the Napa Valley, we are so fortunate. We have, I think, more and better cheese shops per capita than anywhere. I, and I mean that. And up uh, and down the valley. I mean, up and down the valley. In Napa, yeah, you can be from in Calistoga Lena, to Napa. Mm-hmm. We have some great cheese uh, shops and great cheese merchants. Not too bad. There's a shop I like to go to up in Salt Lake City, of all places. Amazing Italian. I'll give them, I'll say the name. It's Tony Caputo's Market, it's called. You're not. You know the place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing place. And they boast. Well, actually, recently they have put in their own cheese aging cave. They are now, what is it called? An affin... Affineur. Affineur. They're doing affinage. It's a French term. Right. They're aging the cheeses in their own cave, which mm-hmm. is really cool. But what I was thinking of, something that I really dig there, is they boast one of the largest chocolate selections of anywhere. The son, Macaputo, has become one of these world chocolate experts. He's traveled around the world learning about chocolate and tasting chocolate and bringing them into the store. And I've attended one of his seminars uh, and, you know, learning about where the, the, the beans come from and how they're... Pro- it's just really cool. So much goes into it. But what I was getting at is you could look at this selection of chocolates all day. And some of the bars, they ain't cheap. You know, a small bar might be 10 bucks or something. You're like, wow, I don't know if I'm ready to plunk down. Somebody comes over and says, can I help you? I see you're looking at this. Would you like to try it? Just like you said with cheese. And they have this filing cabinet where they have all the chocolates, you know, filed away, kept nicely, and they'll break open a piece and you can give it a shot. Oh, wow. It's wonderful. It's so fun. Next time you're in Salt Lake City. Yeah. No, I've been in that store. I remember they had just opened that uh, aging facility. And it's not easy to do. You really have to know what you're doing. It, uh, every cheese is different in terms of the humidity at once and the temperature at once. And you can't very easily keep your blue cheeses in the same cave as your, you know, your other, your fresh cheeses. That blue mold will travel. Yeah. So they have to yeah. be very careful about keeping different styles of cheese separate and in the, just the precise conditions that they want. It's amazing to see that they, they can do that and be effective. And yeah, and it adds a lot of value to the cheese because they're bringing it along. They're nurturing it. They're uh, taking it from the young stage and maturing it so that it gets to the consumer at peak ripeness. And that's a, that's a real service for the consumer. Yeah, it's fun. Let me ask you about some cheeses. Oh, no. I'm on the hot seat now. Oh, you already know what's coming? <laughs> No, 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 nothing like that, nothing like that. We're, we're not to that point in the show yet, or maybe we are. 
I think a lot of folks are aware of many of the names of cheeses because of the famous Monty Python cheese shop sketch. You know which one I'm talking about? Well, yeah. People, you must know I this one. I have seen it once. What, just I once? I saw it once. Are you kidding me? Just once? Uh, remind us. Well, Okay, I'm not going to do it justice, but you know, John Cleese comes in. He's hungry for some cheese. He walks into a cheese shop. Michael Palin is the proprietor of this cheese shop, and uh, you know, John Cleese says, I would like this cheese, and they don't have it. He names another one. They don't have it. I mean, it goes on and on and on. He must name... I don't know, dozens and dozens of cheese, just like right off the top of his head. It doesn't even look like he's using cue cards. It's pretty amazing. And there's no cheese in the whole store. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Great sketch. But there's so many cheeses named, many of which I'd never heard of. I wanted to ask you if you know some of the cheeses from this famous All sketch. All right, shoot. All right, let's see what we can do. Uh, are you aware of a Dorset Blue Vinny? I would say I'm aware of it. I'm aware that it's an English cheese, mm -hmm. and I don't think I've ever seen it in this country, so I've never tasted it. Do you know anything about it? Well, I know that that shop in the sketch didn't have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's about all I know. They're out of it in California, too. <laughs> okay, that's it. How about uh, Pont Levesque? Pont Levesque you're going to find in many fine cheese stores. It's a French uh, cow's milk cheese with a washed rind, so it's kind of sticky on the outside and a little bit stinky, and uh, it, you know, it's one of France's classic cheeses. Oh. That sounds delicious. I'm not sure this one sounds delicious. Stinking Bishop. Stinking Bishop. Is that a real cheese? Another, it's a real cheese. <laughs> from, also from England. Uh, I believe it's cow's milk, and it's stinky. So it's a washed rind cheese. And they, uh, yeah, Stinking Bishop. I've seen that in this country rarely. Rarely. You know, cheeses come and go depending yeah. on whether a distributor picks it up and does well with it, then they'll place another order. If not, they won't place another order. So I haven't seen Stinking Bishop <laughs> Not a lot a of call time. for Stinking Bishop. I, I want it just because of the name. I mean, it's a great name. Yeah. Talk about marketing. You, want, you know, you want to serve that at a dinner party, don't you? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and what, what wine pairing would go with a Stinking Bishop? How much of this Stinking Bishop would you like? <laughs> and finally, uh, Venezuelan beaver cheese. Oh, now that. You have just totally <laughs> topped me. <laughs> I am stumped. When John Cleese asks for that, Michael Palin says, not today, sir, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a cheese that uh, I love that we don't get here, but people, any, it's a, available to anyone. It's a cheese made at the Washington State University called Cougar Gold. Cougars are their mascot, Cougar Gold. Oh, yeah, sure. And it's a cheddar-type cheese, but they, it's made at the dairy school there. The dairy students make it every year, and they, it's a canned cheese. Put it in a, like a... a you know, a tin can, hmm. um, bigger than a tuna fish can, but you can but you can buy Cougar Gold online, and it is truly delicious. It's not made from cougar milk, is it? N uh, not to my knowledge. Okay. I think it's from those good Washington State cows. Oh, that's good. I'm not going to go back to the Venezuelan. Uh, no, but I'm going to go home and look that up. Yeah, you know what? I think that is. I I, I did. A little, I'll be honest. I looked that one up too because I th I thought that cannot be real. And you know, through the magic of the internet, I found out that pretty much every well, it's claimed that every one of the cheeses on this list is an actual cheese, except for <laughs> Venezuelan beaver cheese, thankfully. Is a beaver even a mammal? It's got to be a mammal. Lauren, look that up, will you, please? <laughs> uh, but I did find out that people have begun making recipes for it nonetheless, just because it entered popular culture. Through. Yeah, be the, be the first to taste <laughs> beaver cheese. 
Well, um, maybe on the World Cheese Tour next year, uh, great fictional cheeses of British comedy. <laughs> that could be one of your... Will you be my guest vintner for that one? I would love it. I'll bring fictional wines. Okay. How about that? I think we've got something. And I'll just bring my trusty script. Okay. Yeah, we'll write something up for you. Uh, let, should we go back to yogurt for a moment? Y- you bet. Because I understand you are teaching a class. Yes, yes. I'm going to teach a class at a really... Uh, fun venue. It's a farm out in Vacaville called Soul Food Farm. And some people may remember that the owner, Alexis, used to sell her eggs at, at the uh, Napa Farmer's Market. Hmm. She's not doing that anymore. But uh, Soul Food Farm in Vacaville, we're going to be in the farmhouse kitchen making stuff with yogurt. And then it's a morning class, like from 10 o'clock on a Saturday, May 6th. It's May 8th. It's the day before Mother's Day. So what yeah, a fun May gift 8th. for your mom. Wow. You know, bring your mom the day before Mother's Day, and we'll make all these yogurt dishes. And then we're going to sit down in the garden and eat, enjoy them for lunch. Are you actually making yogurt? Or you're making no, yogurt I think dishes? I'll probably bring in the yogurt already made. That takes a long time, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah it, it stretches out over several hours. But okay. I can talk about how it's made, and then we'll make some dishes with it. The menu is actually, I posted the menu on my website, so people can go to JanetFletcher.com and look at the class tab. I think it's under other classes and read the menu for the day and see if it appeals to them. It does sound fun. I think it's going to be fun. You know, cooking, sharing your passion is always fun. You know that, Judd. You do it um, with your music and your wine and I try to do it with cheese and cooking and now yogurt and you just want people to appreciate the same things you appreciate. I think so. And if you truly do have that, oh, it's such an overused word, but it fits. If you do have that passion for something, uh, you're going to find your audience. You know, there are going to be people who share that and, you know, get attracted to what it is you do. And I mean, it's obvious with what you do, you've attracted that audience being through the books. How many books have you written now? No, oh, this is maybe 24, 25. So that's but... it? Okay. <laughs> no, I hope there are more. Wow. wow. No, I meant like, I that's all? That's all there is? No, I still... 24 books. Are you kidding me? You, uh turn the corner and there's another something that interests you that you just have to write about and and share and you know frankly with yogurt I really did feel like there wasn't there was not such a book out there there were some books from the past when yogurt was kind of hippie mm-hmm. dippy food and it just really needed an updated treatment and there's just so many so many more choices now greek yogurt is the fastest growing category in the supermarket it's uh, all greek over yogurt. yeah so it's uh, people are eating it and I wanted them to cook with it and play with it a little bit more and and get used to the taste of pure yogurt. Make your own. It's You just save a lot of money. All you need is a quart of yogurt. I mean, a quart, quart of yogurt. A quart, quart of, a milk, quart of milk, milk. And a little And starter. you'll make a quart of yogurt. And if you compare the price of a quart of milk to the price of a quart of store-bought yogurt, yeah. you'll see how much you save. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful tip. Any any glimmer of ideas about what the next uh, project might be? Yeah, not, um, I can't discuss it well then never mind let's move on signed but um yeah (laughs) i always have another idea in progress stay tuned folks or check out janetfletcher.com let's play a little game here before we wrap up shall we i'm game 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 for your game yes good this is a game i like to call very creatively use in a sentence so let's do this i think let's play lauren you want to play too uh sure okay here's what i'm going to do i am going to name some uh cheeses and then I would like you both to use these cheese names in a sentence. Just how would you talk about this? Okay, Janet, easy enough? You ready? I think I got it. Okay, let's go with you first, then. You are our guest. How about Tete de Moine? Tete de Moine. Yeah. Well, first we need to know, this is a, a Swiss cheese. Uh-huh. 
and you have to have the it's it's a party cheese. So I would say, come on over to my house, and we'll do some tete de moine. Ooh, I like we'll it. We'll do the tete de moine. Literally, your Dallas just came <laughs> out in that. Excellent. All right, Lauren, how about ball four? That's a, a sheep's milk cheese from New Zealand. With the count full, here's the pitch. And ball four, Rodriguez takes the walk to first. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I like that. That <laughs> okay. was a setup. Uh, I don't know. That He's... was what I would say that was, uh, what do you call it, a, a softball pitch? Okay, maybe so. Okay, <laughs> we'll give you an easy one then. How about this, Janet? Chateau de Versailles. Chateau de Versailles. I don't even know this cheese, but it sounds very I looked French. it up. It's real, and, apparently. Uh, I am at the Oscars in my gown made by Chateau de Versailles. Oh, the designer. The designer Chateau de Versailles. <laughs> Lovely. Lauren, camembert. I camembertly keep up with all these crazy names. They're giving cheeses these days. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, we're on a roll here. Janet, back to you. One more each. Uh, how about St. Tola Ash Log? Where the heck did you get these? <laughs> Where I get everything, the internet. Saintola. Can you tell me just, how that's... Just Saint, Google Saint list Tola of cheese Ash names. Log. You'll find these. <laughs> that's that bottom one there. Saintola Ash Log. Man, that's Use that like in something a out of... Uh, uh, I'm going to... Let's pass that one on to uh, our, my colleague over here, Lauren, because he's obviously faster than I am. Saintola Ash Log. That was good, Janet. That was a good, that was a good, the good <laughs> sentence. We'll pass Saintola Ash Log on to Lauren. Now, Lauren, here is your last one. Cheese name ready? String. My favorite feature of my new smartphone. String tone. It's the string tone. The string tone. That's funny. Very good. Jenna Fletcher, you are a good sport. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for coming back. It's always a treat to be with you, Judd. The new book is called Yogurt. And there are so many other books, too. You've got the cheese course and cheese and beer and cheese and wine. And you want to name a couple others? Fresh from the farmer's market. Oh, yes, that's a good which, one. Which, uh, you know, our farmer, I'm on the board this year of the Napa Farmer's Market, and we're about to start the market first of May. So I hope people will come out for the, the debut uh, week of the Napa Farmer's Market and get some fresh stuff. Very cool. Janet, thanks so much. JanetFletcher.com to find out about the World Cheese Tour, book availability, on and on, recipes. Certainly appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Judd. This is Lauren Bull speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show. A Gilamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.